jump into uh, to our passage this morning because we got like 29 verses. Whew. Lord, thanks for this morning and for announcements and for history, how they all seem to be related eventually. We're so grateful for all you have done, are doing, and will do. And I pray that you allow us to be involved and give us the appreciation, the blessing, and may we emulate that. And you, as we're going to read in our chapter today. And so we ask, as we always have, may you be glorified in this time, your word. And we pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's get, uh, let's get going. John got us uh, off to a great start establishing this idea that w- we have relationship. And we get to choose our responses. And one of the greatest things about God <clears throat> is that he calls us into relationship with him. Um, and and it's, it's a great beginning to this letter that John writes. And, and last chapter, if you missed it, please go back and... Uh, Check out the foundation that it lays for what, what happens today in chapter 2. But let's go ahead and let's get into our passage. This is John chapter 2, verse 1. Look down or at your Bible or look up at the screen. It's going to be on the screen. Here we go. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not... Hmm. I'm writing these things to you so that you may not... All right. We're getting closer to the interactive portion of the morning. Why would he need to say that? We're all Christians, right? I mean, let's be honest. Every Sunday I, I preach to the choir, right? And the band sometimes will mention that. You guys are a great choir when we lead worship. You're the choir, you sing. And what's preaching to the choir? Telling them stuff they already know. Why would John tell these people, hey, you need to stop sinning? Don't they already know that? We all do. Brilliant. Then why, why need be told again? We forget? Mm-hmm. How do we know and forget? I think it goes back to last chapter. In fact, the brilliant title for last week. We have a response ability. We get to choose how we act. And boy, I wish we could say we forgot. I remember, and I know, and I choose anyways. Right? Um, my mom used to say it like this growing up. It's like it gives me a window into the darkness that is me how did that choice go for you or did you really want to make that choice how do you think it will go next time you make that choice (laughs) right mom stop with the questions (laughs) right we have to be um we have to be reminded in fact we do commune he says do this in remembrance of me because we, we have to have it put in front of us regularly. Why? Because we regularly have choices. 
and everything you come in contact with, you're going to have a response to. I love how John covered it last week. And, and, and this John is saying the same thing going forward, going, look, if anyone does sin, well, that's why we have Jesus, right? We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. What's an advocate? A spokesperson, a supporter, maybe somebody a little ahead of you that can protect you when you're in a meeting or something like that. Um, I love this because traditionally, let's, let's, let's play generic church for a second. The, the fun little games where you ask questions and, and you give the Sunday school answers, right? Generally, when we think of Jesus, what do we know him for? Blurt him out. He died for us. He's the Savior. He forgives us our sins. Anything else? He's the teacher, right? One of the things we forget, Paul remind, or John reminds us of here, he says, beyond all these other things that we traditionally know of Christ, miracles, right? He's not done yet. He's still working. In fact, he's at the right hand of the Father, saying, hey, uh, I know Berglund's a little bit of a tool, but we got to give him some time, give him some more forgiveness, maybe some grace. We're going to bless him even though he doesn't deserve it kind of thing. What, what's Christ doing still for you? He's being your teammate. And we're going to continue to make choices that get us in trouble or compromise our ability to whatever, and here's Jesus up there still pulling for us, right? I had no idea he was a cheerleader. He's our advocate. He is the propitiation of our sins. Oh no. Somebody get out the dictionary. Propitiation, okay? Jean, your time out because you always answer propitiation for our sins how about let's go with the easier p word payment he's the payoff does that make sense now our sins need to be paid off paid for we say it that way sometimes don't we and he's the perfect payoff and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world wow how important is he? Top? Pinnacle? Right? And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. How do you know you know? Right? That was last week, chapter one. Tompkins talked to us like, hey, we've got a relationship with him. You have an ability to make a response to him and be in that relationship and actively pursue it. And how do we know? How, what's the proof? How does it show? Keep his commandments. What's that? Keeping his commandments. Put that into other words. I know we just we went above generic church to like, well, you know, as a church at 13, congratulations, we're teenagers now as a church. Right? I, I mean, we made it through 
the infancy stage. You remember all the diapers as a church? And then we got through potty training and adolescence and terrible twos and all that stuff. But when you raise kids, the teenage years are much easier. <laughs> They're not? Oh, maybe Megan was right. There's, there's more to do. If there's more to do, then we should continue to learn. So let's ask teenager questions rather than kindergarten questions. Right? What's another way to say we keep his commandments? We obey. What else? Love. Can anybody make a sentence? Love God, love your neighbor. There's our resident theologian over there. Good. Show forgiveness. How about, how about this one? Because it's going to come up here in a minute. I know I'm giving away. It's a trailer. Act like it. If you know him, how do we know you know him? You act like him. You act like he does. You think like him, talk like him. That's how you spend your money, the places you go, how you spend your time. The things that come out of your mouth. You know, it's the weirdest thing. The irony of being a pastor. You know the worst things I've heard come out of people's mouth? Come, I'm going to give you three guesses and the first two don't count. The worst things I've heard come out of people's mouth have been said by pastors. Christians. Pastors, good job, thank you. <laughs> we, we have trouble acting like it. That's why back in the first sentence he says, hey, I'm writing to this you to remind you, stop it. Start acting like it. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his, what's the next word without even seeing it? Yeah. Commandments, right? But does not keep his commandments is a, anybody like that word? I was, I've, been, I've been spinning on the concept of lies and lying lately. It was weird growing up. My parents ought to tell the truth. Is that a lie? No, white lie is a lie lie. It's all lies. And, you know, I had this concept that adults tell the truth. Mature people with experience and wisdom, they're truthful. And yet these days I look around most adults, what's one of the hardest things to find? Truth. I can find manipulation, agenda, Right? What's the one when they say uh, spreading in the in politics? They spread their own writers' right narrative. Narrative. Thank you. All right, you're almost back in good standing. If you don't follow the commandments, they're a liar, and the truth is not in him. Whoa. That there's there's a couple ways that could have been said, right? Doesn't know the truth. Or doesn't practice the truth. No, no, no. It says the truth is not in him. Like if, if you don't follow God, there's no truth in you. That's a heavier statement. That's rough. But whoever keeps his word, let's talk about the good guys. Right? We're going to talk about you now. I know the liars, that's other people. Right? Now we're going to talk about you. Whoever keeps his word in him truly the love of God is perfected. 
you know, I just ask you, like, how else would you say keep his commandments? Katie over here said, love God, love your neighbor. And here comes John saying, you know what? That's how you perfect the love of God. Is you tell the truth, you follow him, you, you keep his commandments. And this, by this, we may know that we are in him. You know, that, there's, there's a question for, for pastors, for theology for christians how, how do i know i have a relationship with him john last week talked about how in john john talked about having a relationship with god how do i know i have that well do you do his stuff <laughs> this is you know if you want an easy job be a pastor all you got to do is just dumb things down enough to the lowest shelf and people can understand it that's your only real job how do you do his stuff and because when you do his stuff you know it's weird you start thinking like him you start feeling like him you start seeing the things he sees and you actually start to want the things that he wants you know this to be true here's how let's say you get into cooking the more you get into cooking, the better you get at cooking and eating, growing. And other people want to eat too. And you start getting ideas. And one day you look around and you go, oh, I think I'm officially a cook. I had that day yesterday. Yesterday was my day. I literally, I'm standing in the kitchen, I got the pulled pork going, and I had, I had uh, w washed it with some stuff to get some smell and seasoning on it, and then I did the dry rub of some things, started stabbing it with a knife and jamming garlic down into the holes and dice some onions, put it over, it's in the slow cooker, and I was like, oh, I got that going, the lid on, cranked it up, oh, okay, that it? No, i got to make some pico de gallo because when the pulled pork comes out and we put the Mexican seasoning on it, we're going to have pico de gallo. So I turn around to the other thing and I'm like, chop, 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 and I'm doing this whole thing. And, and partway through, I, I, Julie was in the room next to me. She didn't want to be in the splash zone. <laughs> I said, hun, I think I'm officially a cook. She did that too. She laughed at me too. <laughs> You get a long way to go, buddy, you know, whatever. As long as I don't have to do it, though, keep going. You'll get better eventually. Um, this, this is Christianity. When you practice, you get better. The people that are this, I, I, I don't understand, confuse me. They come in and they say, you know, I don't understand God. I don't feel like I'm in a relationship with God. It's not working. Well, do you go to church? No, I haven't been going to church lately. Have you prayed to God? Well, I haven't been talking to him either. I've been reading his word. No, I really have been hanging out with anybody who does. No, just besides you today. You're not doing any of it. Why would you think it would work? How do, how do you get gas in your car? No, you have to go to the gas station? Really? Whoa. That's the ignorance that sometimes we do as humans. And that's why John has to say so simply, hey, stop sinning. Because you're negating the equation. 
You don't talk to him ever. How good's a relationship going to be? You know, I'm going to get in trouble on this one. There have been times, we won't say how many, where I have heard the phrase, you know, you haven't asked me any questions about me. Oops. Do you have any guesses who might have said that? And that, that's like a wake-up moment. Why? Because what am I having to own at that moment? What, what amount of effort have I been putting in? Zero. zero. Spoken like a true wife. Uh, when you put in zero, when you do nothing, you get... Understand that's how God works. Right? Which is weird because already got a bunch he started off with and said okay balls in your court your turn watch what we're gonna we're gonna get some harsh realities that come out of that right that's how we know we are in him whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked act like it right walk like him beloved i'm writing to you no new commandment None of this is new, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. You already knew it. We just said that earlier. You already know the truth. And at the same time, it's a new commandment that I'm writing you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. You want bad stuff to go away? You want your depression to go away? Your doubts, your fears, your sadness. I know some are going to be like, Scott, you're, it's way too, you've oversimplified. It's disrespecting the people that suffer from all those things. Get over it. Do something good. When you get over your depression, you, you feel sad, you have a fear, you have doubts, whatever, you feel guilty. What? Do something good. Do something godly. Do something with someone who's godly, you think. You'll find out they're not any better than you. I mean, they're not. But make an attempt. Make an effort. Take a step in that direction. What will happen? A bunch of things. Give me a few. You'll start to change. Your body chemistry will start to change. Right? Will you think about some different things? Will your thinking change a little bit? Will your emotions... Can you affect and change your emotions? No way, mom was right. Emotions are a choice. You can affect them. All right, so let's go do what you know what you can do. It's already shining. It's, you have what you need. Whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. How, how, you cannot justify hate and claim the name of Christ. That's what he's saying right there. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. They're making an effort. They're slowly figuring it out. And in him, there is no cause for stumbling. If he stumbles, it won't be because he wasn't making a good effort. It'll be because he was human. Right? Or stumbling block was put in front of him. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks 
in the darkness. What a terrible phrase. And does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Um, this, when you're... When you're, when you're doing what you're doing because you think it's going to get you where you want to go, know this. You have no idea where you're going. And you're going to a dark place. I, I've been amazed the few times where, where I realize it's been weeks or months or never that I've prayed about a certain thing or a person. And, and I just, just, and just say a prayer. And how many times, like in weird ways, it immediately starts to work. Oh, Scott, that can't, you're so religious and da 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 and righteous. It doesn't really work that way. Oh, prove me wrong. What's, what's the essence of experimentation? To duplicate something. You find something and you make something happen. Well, let's see if we could do it again. I challenge you, experiment with God in your prayer life, in your reading Bible life, in your listening to podcast life, in the uh, playing music that's worship related, in uh, going to a Bible, whatever it is. Find a thing you can duplicate that builds your relationship and watch what happens. You start heading in the actual direction, and here's the problem. Who generates that direction and that destination? We're at church. God does. So is it God or is it you? Or is it? It's both, but who really is it? It's really God. This has been one of the hardest things for me to accept. And I only know me. Okay? Middle-aged. We're being generous. Uh, white male competitive type a undiagnosed with several things and i'm sure i have i there's stuff that bugs me and and i i joke all the time and i've joked with some of you well you know when we're talking about a certain thing well as soon as we're in charge it'll be better it'll be fine why because the one i didn't mention yet about me. There's an ego in there fighting to get out. And having to give all that up and say, direction comes from outside of me, which is God. And to access that, I have to access him. I can have direction in me. It can be a both answer who's give, uh, the destination and the, and the direction. It can be both of us, but only when what? when I'm accessing him, when I'm plugged into the power source, when I'm talking to him, reading about him, and being around those that do. This whole argument makes sense for why do we come to church once a week? Um, so that somebody can keep score and I get a good score. My church attendance. Oh, we go to church every week so you can put money in the pastor's salary. No. We're practicing this thing. What path am I on? Where's it going? Do I know? Can I see? Good or bad? And there's, only, there's only one resource for that. One reference point for that. 
Um, and here's a scary one. The, the, the very last phrase, has blinded his eyes. What's that implying? Not only that you don't see it, but you can't see it. And can't see it anymore. Because then the less that you see, the more helpless you are, the more needy you are. And when you finally hit rock bottom, where might you turn? Back up to him. It's a brilliant plan for our destruction. Because our destruction leads to his acceptance in our life. Some of us dislike how that works. And yet absolutely understand the intellectual logic that makes it work. And then we change our answer to, actually, I like how that works. John's one of them. I'm writing to you, little children, verse 12, because your sins are forgiven. Amen? Why? Oh, because he loves us. He's grace. Not in this sentence. Why did he forgive your sins in this sentence? For his name's sake. This is for Christ's sake. Your sins have been forgiven for Christ's sake. That's a weird way to say it. it. Made you almost uncomfortable to make you think about it more. What's he trying to prove in this sentence? Is he trying to prove he loves you? Not in this sentence. What's he trying to prove? I'm God. I can die for sins and I can do it so that you can see who I am and know my name. It's calling us back to the relationship he outlined in chapter one. Whoa. I've said this, and I'm going to say it again, because some of you are not sure what I have said. That thing right there, that cross, the ramifications of what happened on the cross are so profound and so numerous we could never cover them all. Some of you are hearing for the first time today that what he did on the cross was to build himself up. And it's the first time you thought of it that way. I love it. Why? Because if I'm going to have a champion, which champion do I ha want to have? The bestestest one. The, the superiorestest with the best cape and all the superpowers. Right? Sorry, I'm a little bit nerd that way. Uh, for his name's sake, verse 13. Here we go. We got a boogie. Uh, I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. Do fathers have any excuses? Nope. Okay. I'm writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. They have? Can you overcome the evil one? Can the devil make you do anything? Say no. Who has the power and response ability in your life? You do. Do the young men have any excuses? No. I write to you children because you know the Father. Oh, do the kids have any excuses? You get to know Him too. I write, you know what's weird too? Is I remember being a kid in church and, and I was taught half-truths my whole upbringing. Why? Because those were the ones that I could understand. But of the few things that I could understand, do I still get to have a relationship with God? Huh. I'll find out the other half-truth later. 
Love that, that the kids that got a shot. I write to you fathers. We're back to the fathers again. So a lot of times in Hebrew writing style, especially in their poetry, they'll, they'll do things twice, right? Because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong. What's he saying? You can. I write uh, because you are. And the word of God abides in you. Whoa. Didn't it say earlier, it's possible not to have the truth in you? Apparently we have the ability to have God's word abide in us. Any, any guesses on how that happens? Wait, Holy Spirit, and then you do it. You act like it, right? You're strong enough. You can't. You've known from the beginning. Uh, and you have overcome the evil one. Twice now he's, he's said that. Um, what, what's going on here? Are we being reminded? Say yes. Yeah. Who's being reminded? Everyone. Right? Age doesn't matter. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, guilty on all counts, by the way, just talking for me on this one, is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world's passing away. Where's it going? Darkness? Blind? That's their destination said earlier and the world's passing away along with its desires will the desires pay off because they're lies but whoever does the will of god abides forever Woo! get out your outlines look at the top it says first john chapter 2 and the title says no one you don't have the title Abiding in Christ? Man. We're going to have to do double shots of espresso from now on. Call the coffee company. Um, you can abide in Christ forever? How, how do you do that? Just say you do it. You start doing His things? You start to think like him. This is great. Children, it is the last hour, and you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Oh no, Antichrist is coming. Forgot. So now many Antichrists have come. We already have them. Wait, I thought Antichrist was singular. There's more than one? Let's do the very simple English lesson. I'm more comfortable with math lessons. But we're going to do English right now. We're kind of doing math too because there's one or there's many. Those are numbers. Anti means and Christ means put those together. Against Christ. Have you seen more than one thing that is against Christ at any time? No hands? Come on, this is the interactive portion of the morning, or just the active portion of the morning. Yeah, somebody's putting up two hands. I've seen a lot of them. What's he saying? Most of the time you're going to run into things that are against God. Until you can't pray in certain places or do certain things or believe certain things or there's something's wrong with you if you do. 
Are they right? Or are they liars? They're just anti-God. They're anti-Christ. Therefore, we know, next slide, that it is the last hour. And then watch this one. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are not of us. When people denounce our faith, leave the church, deny Christ, you got a verse. They were never really there. They were trying the experiment, but they never bought in. They'll show up in the lab, but they're not really a scientist. And people want to leave, they get to go. Amen? Why? Because they made their decision, and our job is to believe them. And we work with those that want to believe. Who are the ones that stay? They're the ones that do it. They're trying to follow. The people are the ones that leave. They're like, eh, I'm done trying. I'm going to go back to the darkness path with blindness and see what I can do on my own. Do we care? Careful. Do we care? When that path fails for them and they come back, just like the prodigal son, they've returned, right? What do we do? Kill the fat and calf, throw a party, bring them in, love them, hug them. Right? What did you say, Katie? Something about love God, love your neighbor? Yeah, that's what we do. But if somebody leaves, let them leave. When they come back, let them back. Because we're not new. We're not, we are never doing our own agenda. Right? We want to crush them on the way out or beat them on their way back. Where's that come from? Dark place inside. He says, no... I need you to accept and love them for my name's sake. Love that. That's why they went out from us. 20, but you have been anointed by the Holy One. Remember we did that book, what was it called? First Samuel that we just finished? And the whole thing about anointing? That was like a big deal. John's now claiming we've all been anointed. Have you been set apart? for something have you is not the question what have you been set aside for or anointed for that's a that's a perfect question because now you're out trying to figure out what he has set before you rather than trying to come up with it on your own and you have all knowledge you are you all have knowledge you do you know what you need to know you do i write to you not because you know the truth but because you, I'm sorry, I write to you because, not because you do not know the truth. Man, John, let's take lessons from Paul or something. <laughs> I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And because no lie is from the truth. Who is, verse 22, who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Should you have doubts about people 
who have yet to come to faith. Sarah's going to do okay. The rest of you I'm a little worried about. If someone has yet to come to faith, is Jesus their foundation? Does God set their priorities? How do you know their agenda? And it could be, who knows, anything. They say, you know, you never should go into business with Christians. Really? At least we have the same foundation. At least we're working from the same set of priorities. At least we have an idea that truth and justice and all those things come from outside of ourselves. that we've learned to take instruction from something greater than ourselves. You want me to tra- trust somebody who's... What was their foundation again? Oh yeah, oh no, oh no, no way to know. Themselves. Or something their dad taught them one time. or You know, who knows? This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. And, and you can find them everywhere these days. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. You see that word abide? Keep popping up? What, what's that abide word? Well, I don't, I don't speak Greek, Scott. Okay. Then let's not, either one of us, ask us what the Greek word is. Let's ask the English one because some really brilliant translator translated it to abide. What's abide mean? Remain? Live in? Is it a one-time event or an ongoing event? Ongoing living in Him. Great definition. And this is the promise that He made to us. Eternal life. That's the reward. I write these things to you that those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you receive from Him abides in you. Does God take your anointing away? Does God get what He wants all the time? No matter what? Say yes. Okay. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. Wait, can we strike that? Because I just lost my job. You don't need to be taught? That's weird. What are we doing here right now? Am I teaching? Kind of. The Bible calls it preaching, but we're really reminding. Maybe. How about this? This has nothing to do with my job. What's the statement that's being made? It's being made about you. Do you have what you need to do what He wants you to do? You know everything you need to know. Remember I said, do, do the fathers have excuses? Do the young men have excuses? Do the children have excuses? You said no, no, and no. Here it comes. Ready? Put up your guard. Do you have an excuse? Got to do it. 
But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in Christ. There's the command. There's the title. Right? And now, little children, abide in Christ. Abide in Him. So that He appears when He appears we have, may have confidence and not shrink from Him in shame at His coming. Why would you have confidence? Because you, was, you were doing His work. Why would you be ashamed? You weren't doing His work. It's super simple. If you know that He is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of Christ. Practice righteousness. Amen? May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Let's jump into... Uh, some practical things here. Number one, uh, there's this concept. If, if we're going to do this, if we're going to follow Christ, we're, we're going to have to jump ship. You're going to have to jump ship. Which, whose ship are you jumping from? The world's, namely, your own. It's your ship, your worldly ship. You've got to jump from that ship. I mean, it's the clearest thing almost in, that he says through this whole thing, right? You've got to jump ship. What's that mean? Are you projecting? Are you projecting? Who, who, who? Okay. He, he liked that point, apparently. In that part right there, are you projecting? Who's doing the verb? Who's, who's doing the acting? You are, okay? Now, let's clarify because this next little thing is confusing and it's the first time in 13 plus year history of the church that we've ever used one of these A slash the. What's going on in there with that literary method? It's either A or the. Here, so I know we're, we've done an English lesson already. Here comes your second one. There's definite and indefinite, right? Hey, what time are you going to your appointment? Three o'clock. Would that be definite or indefinite? Okay, what time's your reservation? I don't know. It's first come, first serve. Is that definite or indefinite? Okay, if it's, if it's a pulled pork sandwich, how many pulled pork sandwiches are there? No, it's a pulled pork sandwich. Could there be more? If I ate the pulled pork sandwich, how many sandwiches were there? And I ate it. Sorry, it's amazing. A is indefinite. It might be the only one. There may be numerous. There may be infinite. The One, that's a phrase you use about your spouse, by the way, Nathan. The spouse, the wife, not uh. You, that's where you get in trouble. A little, I'm going to start giving you lessons, okay? Just keep you out of trouble. Are you projecting a or the trajectory? 
he talked about the path and the darkness and the blindness and all this. So he says, look, are you projecting a trajectory? What would be the problem with that sentence? There's many trajectories and you're trying to project it. And are, are you projecting the trajectory? If, it, if there's one trajectory, then you might be pro- projecting God's trajectory, right? Or it could be the, project, the, the trajectory that you've come up with. Could A or the both be bad? Oh, no. Then how do we, how do we make it out of this one? Or, another option. First part of the sentence was your first option. The last one is acknowledging it. What would it represent? A trajectory or the trajectory? The. Why? Because if it was A, then it would have, might have to be them. Projecting them? No, I'm projecting it. What? The trajectory. Whose? God's. Your, one of your greatest measures in anything, as it's going on, ask yourself, is God in this? Would God do this? Is this leading us to God? Is this blessing Him, blessing others? Am I doing damage? And, and sometimes that, like, you can see stuff and go, oh, that's this not good. That is not a good look. Abort! Run! Where's the nearest exit? <laughs> Get out of there. And then there's other times where it's amazing. It's like, oh, I'm going to go over and help. I'll probably mess it up, but I want to be around it. Why? This is good. Simplest way to look at it. You have no idea how long I worked on this sentence right here. So I feel very, very excited about it. Okay. So jump ship. And what that means is you're going to let go of your trajectories and stop projecting them. And you're going to acknowledge his trajectory and project that and hopefully use smaller words to describe it next time number two know the now what do you notice about the here okay to t- we don't have tests at this church except for today you have to capitalize all of the letters in the when you write this down if you're writing it down if you're like i don't take notes scott okay then i need you to just think of it as all caps okay and you're good What's the last word? Some of you live and die on, can I guess the fill-ins? And some of you are hilarious. You're like, I got all of them except one today. It's the best I've ever done. You know, or I, I got a whole line this week. I got it. I knew what it was, right? My oldest does that to me sometimes. What's, what's, the, what's, the, what's the fill-in there? Go, go back to the last set. Nice and loud, Lisa. Trajectory, Lisa wins. The rest of you are all losers. It's the only way you could say that for fun, just ingesting. Know the trajectory. These verses talk about how we abide in Him and do His stuff and walk like Him. That's how we get to where we need to get. Amen? All right. Now we're in progress and we're starting to, we're acknowledging things and then know it. Knowing it means 
Because that first word, knowing it means you have to do it for a while, that's when you're going to have to start to understand it. Like when it feels uncomfortable, you do it anyways. When it makes no sense, you do it anyways. Why? Because he commanded it and he said to, and the people around you who are kind of Christian go, yeah, it'd probably be better if you do that. And then you do it. When your whole of your being's like, nah, I don't want to do this. Anybody else ever have that experience other than, than me? Am I the only one who has to do things against my own will because I'm trying to... Just Okay, all four of us, good. The rest of you need to learn how to do that. I didn't realize we had a church full of so many perfect people. Choose actions that reinforce Him in you. Choose actions that reinforce Him in you. That's a great test if you're about to do something. Is this going to reinforce Him, His priorities, His thoughts, His feeling? his values. If I do this thing, will I look and feel and think more like him? Well, then let's try it. Well, how sure do I need to be? It's the Cunningham rule. 51% sure that this might work. And then you do it, right? Shout out to Gino Cunningham. Should I go to men's ministry? On Monday nights at 7 o'clock, I hear they have fun and there's chicken wings and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if it's going to pay off. I got a 51% feeling that it might be good for me. I talked to some other guys who went to men's group 7 o'clock on Monday nights right here in this room. And they're 51% or more sure that it benefits them. Maybe I should do it. I mean, there, there are a few people who are more than 51% sure that if they stay home and spend their time on other things, there's other ways that they can pursue their relationship with the Lord. And that's just a disclaimer to let some of you off the hook. But we do have one Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m. I love just working in the commercials, right? How do, how do I find things that are reinforcing my relationship with him? What are the responses that you give you the ability to relate to him more? And some of you are, are looking at this and going, uh, this is starting to make sense, but I've never done it. Like you've never accepted Christ. You've never said, I want to explore the depth. I, I want to abide in Christ. And maybe that's, maybe that's your prayer today. Or maybe you're watching online and that's your prayer. I need to start abiding in Christ. And, and I've never accepted that, acknowledged that, chose it. And today, this day forward, <clears throat> abide in me. Maybe that's your prayer to Christ this morning. Abide in me. For those of you who, may, who have, have made that decision a long time ago, maybe there's an area of your life that you're looking at going, I think I need Christ to abide in that. I know he's in me but I want his help abiding in that more. Maybe that's your prayer this morning. Amen? Amen? Only you know. Father, thank you for this morning and what we have heard, as you said in the passage, from the beginning and the truth that is in you, that you we know and we get to experience. I pray you would show us how to do it. Show us our ability to do it. 
I pray you would reinforce it in us. And I pray for those who are maybe making that decision today for the first time that you would comfort them. Have your spirit come to rest on them. We thank you for the offering that we're about to receive and all the ways that you provide for us as a church. We thank you for 13 years. We know it's you and you alone that get the credit. And your son, Jesus. And we pray it in his name through your spirit. Amen. have a rough conflict going on uh, in the promised land and I want to remind you encourage you that we pray for all sides of the conflict and we pray for the innocents and then we pray for discernment of the those in power constraint and and God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven may his abiding in us grow your abiding in him amen go with him <laughs>